Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast. Where our goal is to make politics more accessible and less intimidating. The show features an interview with an expert in the political field, walking us through the many cues we have about politics, civics, government, and more. By providing civic education in the places we are. On our phones. And in the language we speak. And yes, we know, we say like a lot. It's kind of the point. Because politics needed a rebrand. Welcome back to Girl on the Gov, the podcast. Special, special episode coming in hot for you guys because we're back with a solo episode after much demand, honestly. It is wild how much demand we get for solo episodes, given that we do top stories. I'm like, guys, you get a little spice every once in a while, every Tuesday, but we are on a mini top top stories vacation. She's getting tan. She's getting cute. She's getting sunscreened. I don't even know, but this is our solo episode, meaning we're going to do some fun games. We're also going to do a little top story. So you guys aren't totally in the dark. What's happening this week in politics? We don't we don't want that. Absolutely not. And if you're ever wondering, too, because what's not on a break is our newsletter, The Gov Help, which comes out on Mondays and it's always accessible after the fact, too. We put lots of links to it. Lots of places. We'll put a link to it in the show description for this, too. You can always go back and read the old editions. And what's important about that is the action items aren't dated you know like unfortunately some of them are still things that we're dealing with they're what so, we like to call we'll evergreen that would be the term evergreen timeless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it reminds me of high school of my friends and i stealing my parents gin and putting it in water bottles and hiding it under the trampoline and we called it christmas trees because it smelled like gin smelled like christmas trees does it Oh, a thousand percent. Or at least whatever gen tankerized smells like. I love absolutely smells gin. like Christmas trees. I've never noticed that about it though. It was, you know, here's and the thing. I love I'm, Christmas tree. The smell of Christmas trees. That's like my favorite smell. Gin's not my favorite alcohol per se, but I do really like it. Interesting. I've never heard yeah, that. It's, I don't, now at this point, I don't know if I would say that the smell is similar, but as like a high schooler sneaking liquor out of an alcohol cabinet with no comparison in the liquor universe like that's like how we identified it of you guys honestly very classy i used to just like mix like probably a shot of like each hard liquor in my parents no liquor cabinet just to like yeah heinous Um, my favorite i didn't want them to notice that like a bunch is gone so i just took a little bit of each (laughs) and the yeah, fact that it was mixed, that is the <laughs> most, that is I, at least my funniest, I think, though, was when my parents moved out of the house that we lived in when I was in high school, my dad tried to give me this orange flavored vodka, which they definitely gotten as a gift. Like, that's not like up my parents' alley at all to like drink something like that. 
and I'd filled it with water. I'd taken the whole vodka like throughout high school. I was like, and my dad tried to give it to me. I was like, that's water. You're giving me water. <laughs> you know, I was like, and then I was that's like, well, hilarious. I used to take like the hinges off the liquor cabinet when I was a teenager. So this surprises me zero. Like that was full on construction project is what, what I did. But nonetheless, trees aside, genocide, we are going to start this off with some games. And I was howling to myself pulling some of these together. So we because... have to of these games and I'm just putting my trust in her and I'm scared. Well, now I'm scared. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> well, we're going to start off with Suck, Mary Kill. And honestly, this comes from the inspo. I was looking back at some of our old videos and we done this one in the fall that was so funny and honestly didn't get the press that it deserved because it was, I mean, I look like Robert De Niro in the reaction phase <laughs> and that is just... One yep. of the funnier moments. I actually recently watched that video too, just like randomly. What are the odds? But what yeah. are the odds? Oh, but God. unless I'm scared, we're trying new ones. So, this is the first one that's up for debate George Santos, Ooh. Mike Pence, no, Ted Cruz. Oh my God. I think I'd rather kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough um, This is an impossible question. Do you have an answer prepped and ready? I think. Mm. <laughs> mm. There it is. The Robert De Niro face <laughs> is back. Also, mazel to him. He just had another kid. Guy, him and Nick Cannon. They are okay. just. I know what I'm doing. Okay. I'm marrying Mike Pence. <sighs> I'm gonna, mm. I'm gonna mm. get in the sheets with George, and yeah. I'm gonna kill Ted Cruz That's with a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> and the Joker, ladies FBI, and gentlemen, I'm not gonna do that. It's hypothetical, guys. Hypothetical. It's a fun game. It's FBI people. Game. This FBI is the thing listening. that people play at parties that are social. <laughs> just FYI, I wanted to put that out there. Thank you. Thank you. This no is violence like, is being condoned here. No, 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 no. That's why it's like, I feel like it should be, the K Hush. should be something there. On Love Island, they play snog, which is like kiss. So if you don't want to yeah. bang, marry, pie. They put pies in people's faces, which is like a safe. That of Greece, but yeah, okay. Version. Okay, we but, can pie. We can pie. Your so turn. Ted Cruz is getting pied. Okay. Mine is, I'm not, this is not even trying to be like a cop out. That was what I would have done too. Yeah. I think sure. that's, For sure. that's the vibe. I mean, yeah, 100%. I think that actually. you could be There's married not even... to Mike Pence and live a very separate life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I think, think I'd be fine with that. I'd, I'd deal with that. Yeah. Like, I think that's like the tolerable. I think George Santos, but like, no, like I genuinely like, yeah. would probably off myself if I had to marry Ted Cruz or George Santos. Mike Pence, I could get by. Yeah, I agree with that, which is terrifying. But yeah. Okay, yeah. the next one. And this one I just really had like a fun time putting together. Mm. Mike Lindell, the pillow guy. Greg Abbott, aka Lord Horquad. Mm -hmm. And Tucker Carlson. Mm. I'm gonna snog Mike. I'm gonna marry Greg and I'm gonna kill Tucker. Sorry, pie. I'm gonna pie Tucker. Pie Tucker. Keep me a PC. That is interesting. What's yours? Mm -hmm. You know what's weird? It's weird. Oh, God. This is all bad. Which is why I picked it, but mm. the first one was worse than this one. I feel like you think, yeah, this one's harder for me. I think I'm gonna, but like the mustache, the mustache of Mike Lindell, the little guy. I don't mind a mustache. <laughs> like I like an ironic mustache on like a hockey player, but like not like a yeah. That's you know? I would just that's how I would um, picture it. I'm just gonna mm. assume it's an ironic one. Top you gun. know what? That's, I feel like we can compete. We can both snog 
who can snog Mike Lindell first? You know, that's mm. the... Mm-hmm. You. You can. <laughs> <laughs> you can win. It's fine. I'll let yeah. you have this one. Yeah, no, you can have this one. Oh, kind of cringe, like cringe. I think I would marry Tucker. What? My, see, here are the things about when you make up your own game, you can make up your own rules. Because then I would divorce him and take all his money. I guess he is richer. Mm hmm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's where I'd end on that. Look, all heinous. All heinous in this game. Yeah, this was a cruel, FMK. cruel kickoff to this episode. Just Sam woke up. She chose violence. That's what happened with this game. Look, I over myself, and this is where we landed. It just happens from time to time. So, nonetheless. Okay, we're moving on to question two, which isn't really a game. You know, it's like at first I thought these were games, then I was like, oh, they're questions. I don't know, interchangeable. Okay, so if Biden weren't running for re-election, who would you pick for the ticket? It's my cue to you. Mm. There's a lot of answers for this one, I think. Totally. My number one desire would be for it to be a woman. So there's that. However, if like we're running against Trump again, you know, there's a part of me that just really wants to see like Gavin go against him. Yeah. But I do really just I want a woman president so bad. So thinking about who that could be, there's obviously a wide net of amazing women in politics to choose from. I feel like my answer for like who's the most inspiring candidate, all of those things, it's always Stacey Abrams to me. I know she's lost twice, but I think she's an amazing candidate, would be an amazing elected official and is an amazing leader. And for that reason, I think I'd pick Stacey. That's fair. So going with Stacey Abrams with Gavin Newsom as a backup. Okay, that's fair. I want to see, I would, I know at one point I want to see Gavin Newsom be president, but I'm not sure when, you know. That's how, yeah, well, my biggest internal argument is like, I really want the Gretsch for president, but I also do want mm-hmm. Gavin for president at some point too. And I think they would both be great for different reasons. And I couldn't see them being each other's VPs. Like, I think they are both powerhouses in their own yeah, right. And I don't see that. I'm kind synergy. of over the powerhouse for vp well i think it really usurps their power for like the four years that they're there yeah and well sometimes obviously like can be a springboard it also i think it's really limiting and i think it can be kind of like a i don't want to say a career killer but i just think when there's so much going on in terms of what needs to happen in the senate and congress it needs to be for somebody new and like upcoming who like has a lot of potential but can like be in that backseat where it's like Kamala like was about to be president or wanting to be president, like that kind of caliber. Right. And yeah, she'll probably be just fine after everything and it'll probably put her in a good position for something bigger and better. But I just think it's such a good opportunity for someone new and upcoming to get that experience, that name recognition, and then, then they can springboard into something bigger. But I um, totally agree. I almost feel like I would choose Gavin for 2024 and like stay, save Stacey for like a next term just because I, I still don't think the American people are, are ready for a woman to lead, fortunately. So, but there is another game that I want to play. It's okay. a question yet again who is a worse liar? Which now in my head, how's a liar? I'm also so mad. Wait, have because Zach make a like some type of content for his campaign. Santos, Santos is a liar. <laughs> Wait, that's actually genius. We need to text him that. Oh my yeah. god! Shit, we should be a scaffolding advisors. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Anyways, I also can't believe that James Kennedy was at Palace and made this a whole freaking thing. But regardless. Who's the worst liar? Andy Ogles, representative from Tennessee. He's the one for people that like don't remember. 
that has the Christmas card with all of the AK-47s or AR-15s, whatever, same Mishigas of badness on with his fan. And he's also like lied about his career and his degrees and all the things. Again, Andy Eagles from Tennessee. George Santos, self-explanatory. For our Vanderpump people, which like there's got to be very few of you who probably aren't at this point because there's just such a Bravo cross-section. Sandoval or Schwartz? Oh, it's tough. That's tough. I would say, should we rate them? Yeah, that's. I think okay. that's smart. It's the way to do it. So I'm going to put George Santos number one because okay. man literally lied about his entire life, every single facet of it. So he takes number one. Okay, I can. I stand that. I think Andy Ogles might have to be number two because he also lied about like I think there's there's a difference between <clears throat> lying about who you are, where you went to school, all of that shit. That's like literal yeah. fraud. Right. Versus just being a piece of shit cheater. So as much as I want to put Sandoval up top, I think George and Andy have to be one and two. And then Sandoval is three, shorts four. I, okay, so I totally agree with Septimat with the Santos to Andy Ogles scenario. Totally agree. Which also always like begs the question. It's like, especially for like Andy Ogles, for example, who's like still married and has kids. It's like, our like i guess they're in on it too you know it's like so bizarre i don't quite know how to wrap my head around that with sandoval and schwartz i was literally arguing in my own head about this last night i was like which is realistically like worse like is it the person that does the original lying or is it like partner in crime like the i think the og liar because i think like honestly both sandoval and schwartz like they're mostly just like immature. Like they're just kind of dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that like their intention is to like be these conniving schemers, you know, versus Andy and George who are like literally like that's their intention. They know they're doing yeah. it like every step right. of the way. Sandoval and Schwartz are just kind of like idiots with it. And Sandoval is like obviously with a touch of major narcissism. narcissism. So yeah. I think Schwartz too is just like almost like a weak little immature yeah boy who just doesn't want to stand up to his friend and doesn't know how to be a man totally which is like more sad it's not like oh you're this terrible person it's like you need to go to therapy and like grow up totally like i think the smartest thing katie did was divorce him like i the way that he can like not defend her in any way over basic things gross such the ick i'm like you're I can't. It's really weird. Agreed. Nonetheless. Okay. So that's our ranking. Now, this, I honestly feel like was like a good segue to our first story. And this is, which campaign are you the most excited for so far in 24 or 23? It can be either one, but one that you're like, oh, I'm kind of curious to see where this goes. Definitely curious to see who's going to be our next president for sure. Given. But I got to say the California Senate race, very obviously california so curious to see who is our next senator is going to be i'm going to be voting for that so exciting stuff but also just all of the lead up for it is going to be so interesting with the diane feinstein of it all if anything's going to happen with that and just seeing how it all shakes out because we have some candidates obviously so far but like depending on how diane does like shit could change on a on a dime so very interesting to see what happens there hbo see i swing between senate races and congressional races for this because there's just there's a lot here there's a lot to consider and i think the yeah for sure i'm gonna say not to give no i'm gonna say colin allred's race for senate against ted cruz and the reason that I'm like the most interested, and honestly, you could ask me this later in the day, it could be probably like a different race that I would say. I'm interested in how this will go because the Cook political report moved it from solid red to like leaning or likely Republican. And it's interesting how like a candidate can do this. And we've obviously seen the results in Texas the last few statewide elections, obviously not going so hot. And I'm but just there's major movement like in the underbelly of it all you know yeah things are percolating in texas they have been for a while i just think there 
are so many unengaged voters mm-hmm. that there is so much potential there. And so I think the interest across the aisle of what Texas brings to the table makes for an interesting mishmash of what could happen in an election. I totally agree. And I think just Ted Cruz is not that viable of a candidate compared to like a Greg Abbott. We've talked about this before. Like, yeah, I think even within his own party, people dislike him. And yeah, for sure. You know, statewide election in Texas, we get that base expansion that we need in Texas and in the South, like a lot of shit can change. So we'll see what happens. I'm very interested in that as well. For sure. My name on that that one. Cosign, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, speaking of elections and candidates, we have to get into our election watch. We have a few updates. We're going to start with a big one that dropped yesterday, which is that GOP Senator Tim Scott announced his presidential race. He officially has his like hat in the ring the whole nine yards. This was something that I feel like was teased for a while, but then you like sort of see like, okay, this is actually coming to fruition. So the deets, the tea, the whatever. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott launched his presidential campaign on Monday, offering an optimistic, this is also coming from AP, and I kind of LOL'd when I saw the description. I was like, this feels like a little more biasy than I'm used to from AP, but whatever. He, they said, offering optimistic and compassionate message He's hoping can serve as a contrast with the political combativeness that has dominated the early GOP primary field. The Senate's only Black Republican, Scott, kicked off his campaign in his hometown of North Charleston on the campus of Charleston Southern University, his alma mater and private school affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention, which is totally not controversial or has any problems to it. There's nothing that's come out of the Southern Baptist Convention that's a problem. Anyways, he repeatedly mentioned his Christian faith in his kickoff speech, crying, amen, amen, amen. And at several points, elicited responses from the crowd who sometimes chanted his name. Well, that feels culty, but okay. I chose freedom, hope, and opportunity, Scott said. He went on to tell the crowd that we need a president who persuades not just our friends and our base, but seeks common sense solutions and displays compassion for people who don't agree with us. Scott 57 planned to huddle with home state donors Tuesday, then began a two-day campaign swing to Iowa and New Hampshire, which go first on the GOP presidential voting calendar. His announcement event featured an opening prayer by Senator John Boone of South Dakota, the number two Senate Republican, who said, I think our country is ready to be inspired again. Republican Senator Mike Rounds, South Dakota's other senator, has already announced his support for Scott. Number of high-profile GOP senators have backed Trump's third bid for white for the White House, including Scott's South Carolina colleague Lindsey Graham. Trump nonetheless struck a conciliatory tone Monday, welcoming Scott to the race and noting that the pair worked together on his administration's signature tax cuts. Wow, he kept his shit together. Didn't have a tantrum. Strange. A source of strength for Scott will be his campaign bank account. He enters the 2024 race with more cash on hand than any other presidential candidate in U.S. history, with $22 million left in his campaign account the end of his 2022 campaign that he can transfer to his presidential coffers. Scott also won re-election firmly Republican South Carolina, which is an early slot on the Republican presidential primary calendar, by more than 20 points less than six months ago. Advisors bet that can make Scott a serious contender for an early momentum-generating win, which is interesting. In addition... Scott has, and this just gives like a little peek into his views, Scott has long rejected the notion that the country is inherently racist. He's also routinely repudiated the teaching of critical race theory, an academic framework that presents the idea that the nation's institutions maintain the dominance of white people. Today, I'm living proof that America is the land of opportunity and not land of oppression, he said Monday. The ignorance is just not bliss. It's terrifying. And I think, like, I don't even know which angle to talk about this from first. I I think this was, like, shocking it, only because I think everyone's eyes has, have been on Trump and DeSantis. Yeah, that's fair. And, like, I kind of forgot that, like, this is probably going to be a really crowded field, but, like, everyone's only talked about those two. And so when you see kind of these bigger GOP names hop in, you're like, oh, shit, like, this is going to be, like a real primary like where we should expect more people to jump in 
and Ron DeSantis, I think, maybe supposed to announce this week too. So yeah, things are going to kick off. But no, I I didn't expect this. I've been a little bit out of out of it, but like it just kind of reminded me. I'm like, oh shit, like people are gonna more people are gonna run. So this is gonna be interesting. Totally. I mean, I think it was you know there's like the rumor mill regarding you know who's considering, and he was definitely in it. But it's sort of I, I think with just how much talk that there has been about Trump DeSantis and the back and forth there, it's been sort of like okay, but like would it be worth it? Like, as yeah. someone like Scott, like, does it make sense? And I think in a in a way, it does. Like, he is more of, while I don't agree with him on, like, genuinely almost anything, he is more of the old school GOP yeah. that we used Which, to know. It's interesting he has the most money because mm-hmm. that's actually a really big indicator I think we should not sleep on because that typically means that like the kind of powerhouses within internally the GOP like are backing him potentially with if he's well, like, both of these, much money both of the senators that are behind him including one of the Johns like that is worth yeah having. and I think so, this is the kind of candidate I think we can expect maybe the more establishment GOP to maybe back because I think there is this again this question lingering that we've talked about for so long of like when's the GOP going to be able to like break free from Trump shackles which I think they've been wanting to do but feel like they haven't been able to or that they can't do but backing a candidate like Scott could be their opportunity to shut move away from the MAGA I, at all but and I wonder but too I could, how he's going to separate himself from Trump and all of that you know like will he well it makes me wonder like the VP conversations behind it all you know like what you know are you going to then see what if it's a combo like a you know like Scott and DeSantis what happens then or a Scott and Trump or a like you're not I, I couldn't see a Scott and Nikki Haley but I mean or I could actually I take that back I take that back yeah I mean obviously I just, just I don't know who wins the primary and one who gets top right but I think in it, general but it makes things definitely interesting to say the very least. also speaking of interesting another senate race update another retiree and I'm kind of happy about it not happy mm-hmm. well Happy ballot in the sense that we talk about so much of the time how there are representatives that need to be like, okay, I did my time and I'm stepping aside and letting the new, the younger generation step up and step in. And I'm happy to see that this is another opportunity given in that lens. And Democratic Senator Tom Carper of Delaware announced this week that he will not seek re-election for a fifth term in the U.S. Senate. As said, Carper's announcement paves the way for a wide open contest for the seat he has held since 2001 in a heavily blue Delaware. Also ensures that his unblemished record of never having lost an election during more than four decades in politics reigns intact, which mazel to him. But I do think that it's important, especially in states like a Delaware that are heavily blue, for people to know when to retire and to step aside. And that's where we're able to like build and bring people up the ranks that then when you look at like a presidential race, for example, you're looking at the people that are going to be able to step in and run and have that name recognition. It comes from spot this type of thing happening. So I'm I'm pleased to see it. Me too. Pleased. So anyways, those are election launch updates, but we have another story. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We do have another story. We're getting into the Nebraska abortion ban and the gender affirming care ban, which we'll be talking about this and Nebraska politics as a whole with Nebraska state senator. Megan Hunt in June. So if you have questions about all things Nebraska politics and such, please DM us or email us or however you like to contact us, do it. I'm imagining some of the walkie-talkie. <laughs> if you want to do walkie-talkie, I would if you want to do actually. social media comments, DMs, emails. I don't think anyone has their phone number and I'm not going to willy-nilly no. pass her out, but no. yeah, just slide on in however you want. But Republican Nebraska Governor Jim Pillen signed a bill Monday that bans abortion at 12 weeks, a pregnancy and restricts gender-affirming medical care for people younger than 19. The abortion ban takes effect immediately, while the ban on gender-affirming care takes effect on October 1st. The hybrid measure ties together restrictions that Republicans have pursued across the United States. Pillen called the law the most significant win for social consent social conservative agenda in over a generation of Nebraska before he signed the law while holding a five-day-old daughter of some friends as his two oldest granddaughters stood next to him. Good Lord. Opponents have promised to sue to try and block the law. The head of the American Civil Liberties Union of Nebraska, Mindy Rush Chipman, said in a statement that, quote, every option is on the table to undo these regressive measures. Nebraska had not passed a new abortion ban since 2010 when it became the first state to limit the procedure at around 20 weeks of pregnancy. The 12-week ban includes exceptions for rape, incest, and save the life of the mother. State Senator Joni Albrecht of Thurston, who pursued even tougher abortion restrictions during the session, wiped away tears as she said she hopes to eventually enact a ban at all stages of pregnancy. What a nut job. Like certified well, wipe those tears. You wipe like, those I tears. Can't. Planned Parenthood, which operates two of Nebraska's three abortion clinics, said the new law increases the burden on women who need abortions, forcing more of them to travel out of state. The law forced Planned Parenthood to reschedule three patients this week, and Curry Grubb said that within her five-state region, there has been a 40% increase in second trimester abortions since Roe was overturned last summer. More women are being forced to push abortions later into pregnancy because of hurdles involved with seeking care out of state. She said it's troubling that the new law doesn't include any exception for fetal anomalies, which may not be diagnosed until after the 12th week of pregnancy. Nebraska's law also will prevent transgender people under 19 from receiving any gender-confirming surgery. It restricts the use of hormone treatments and puberty blockers in minors, putting the state's chief medical officer, a political appointee who is an ear, nose, and throat doctor in charge of setting the rules for those therapies. In Nebraska, people younger than 19 are considered minors. Interesting. That is weird. The state's unicameral legislation passed the bill with the two contentious issues on Friday after hours of heated debate. Conservative lawmakers wrangled just enough votes to end a filibuster before approving the bill. The proposal restricting gender-affirming care was the flashpoint of an epic filibuster led by Omaha Senator Michaela Kavanaugh. She and a handful of progressive allies slowed the business of passing laws to a crawl by introducing amendment after amendment to every bill that made it to the Senate floor. That sent leadership scrambling to prioritize which bills to push through. 
Omaha Senator Kathleen Koth, who introduced the proposal restricting gender-affirming care, said Monday that the filibuster actually gave senators more time to discuss and research the issue. Filibuster actually is what made this happen, Koth said. And so I doubt it was their intention, but that gave us time to make this work. (laughs) Asshole. Yeah, Nebraska is now among at least 18 states that have enacted restricting and banning gender-affirming medical care for minors. Proposals are pending before the governors of Texas and Missouri. Medical groups and advocates say such restrictions are further marginalizing transgender youth and threatening their health. When Nebraska lawmaker Omaha State Senator Megan Hunt disclosed in March that her teenage son is transgender and said Friday that she now plans to leave the state. Pillen said he didn't want Nebraska families considering gender-affirming medical care to be, quote, duped into the silliness that if you do this, you're going to become happy. Oh, like I just cannot. We'll also be asking Megan, like, about that future, like, what she plans to do, like, what that means also for her position and whatnot. But this was, like, an epic filibuster scenario, like, absolutely epic. And we'll, of course, like we said, we'll be running through sort of what happened, how that worked and everything. But this is this is one of those things where I know that like women can be fucked up. I know that women can be like have so much internalized misogyny and be bigots and all those things, too. But there's just something so disappoint, like doubly disappointing when the bigotry comes from another woman like i don't know what it is that makes it so like maybe it's because it's like when a man is a bigot i go "Eh, of course like it doesn't shock me yeah yeah but like somehow over the years of being on this earth anytime there is a woman that is a bigot in like this regard in any regard it's still like there's always like a like i don't know the, the knife is put back in mm-hmm. it's or the shock factor like i'm always not shocked yeah, it's like a bit of a like it's like a betrayal yeah, like the bitter pill, the bitter mm-hmm. pill betrayal. You're like, seriously? Like, yeah. it's almost like you expect like someone. Or if you have conservative views to at least like have empathy or yeah, like some I don't type know. of like empathetic I... version of those conservative views, not such harsh. This is harsh. Like, this is a really harsh, extreme version of these issues that they're, you know, putting into legislation. It's like. Even if you are more conservative, that's fine. But there's just there is just this like element where you're like you can't be a little more understanding about the issue of abortion as a woman. Like that's cra- that's crazy. To think and then about. to have kids or want to have kids and not mm-hmm. be empathetic to them being themselves and wanting to be able to live their true lives as them as their true selves. Like yeah, it's these things where I'm like I I don't know I I. I just the disconnect to me is always obviously disappointing. Yeah, I think it it's more disappointing, just like a but human it's like thing. there's just like people out there who just yeah aren't the best humans. Some humans are good and some humans are bad, but yeah, exactly. We we have another story slash update in this mm-hmm. department, and this story is regarding Texas and Texas's abortion law. So this is an interesting update. We saw a case brought to the table, women suing Texas over the abortion laws and the danger it put them in. This lawsuit has been expanded and more people are joining. So to give the story some color context from AP, one woman had to carry her baby missing much of its skull for months knowing she'd bury her daughter soon after she was born. Another started mirroring the life-threatening symptoms that her baby was displaying while in the womb. An OBGYN found herself secretly traveling out of state to abort her wanted pregnancy marred by a diagnosis of a fatal fetal anomaly. All of the women were told they could not end their pregnancies in Texas, a state has enacted some of the nation's most restrictive abortion laws. Now they're asking a Texas court to put an emergency hold on some abortion restrictions, joining a lawsuit launched earlier this year by five other women who were denied abortions in the state despite pregnancy they say endangered their health or lives. More than a dozen Texas women in total have joined the Center for Reproductive Rights lawsuit against the state's law, which prohibits abortions unless a mother's life is at risk, an exception that is not clearly defined. Texas doctors who perform abortions risk life in prison and fines up to $100,000, leaving many women with providers who are unwilling to even discuss terminating a pregnancy. The lawsuit serves as a nationwide model for abortion rights advocates to challenge the strict no-abortion law, states that have rolled out since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year. 
16 states, including Texas, do not allow abortions when a fatal fetal anomaly is detected, while six do not allow exceptions for the mother's health, which is crazy. Crazy. All of it's crazy. I'm very curious to see where this lawsuit goes. But like this Texas law has just made things like it's so so beyond like what doctor is going to risk anything life in prison on a hundred thousand dollar fine yeah no it's it's wild and definitely we'll keep everyone updated on where this goes fingers crossed for some positive news out of it but yeah i think that color context is so powerful and necessary and hopefully this can move the needle a little bit in texas Moving on to our next story, which is about some possible gun law expansion that can come out of Pennsylvania. And last week, we talked with Chris Brown from Brady all about just common sense gun laws. And if you guys have not listened to that episode, I cannot tell you enough times how much you need to go listen because it's such an informative episode that I think can be shared with everyone. We talk about like whether you are a gun owner or you're anti-gun. I just think it's really important for people to kind of have this information on common sense gun laws that we can make happen. So go listen to that if you haven't yet. But basically, authorities could temporarily cease firearms and background checks would be expanded for gun buyers under two bills passed Monday in the Pennsylvania House, where Democrats are using their razor-thin majority to push gun control measures after a years-long standstill in the politically divided government. So the party describes the proposals as relatively moderate measures to cut down on gun trafficking, suicide deaths, accidental shootings, and day-to-day violence. Republicans oppose the bill, saying they punish law-abiding gun owners. Quote, while this is just the first step by passing these common sense and responsible gun safety measures, we've shown our neighbors and communities that we are listening and we are acting and that we stand with them in combating senseless gun violence, said House Speaker Joanna McClinton, a Philadelphia Democrat and a former guest on Girl in the Go of the podcast. Mm. Bashids, she's an icon. Just go, go listen to the episode. <laughs> AP didn't include that little. Um, they should have though. Idol in her title, but they absolutely should have. So the red flag bill, which would allow a judge to order the seizure of firearms if asked by family members or police, passed on a 102 to 99 vote with two Republicans voting alongside Democrats and one Democrat flipping to vote with Republicans. 19 states have similar laws, according to Every Town for Gun Safety, a leading gun control advocacy group. Another bill, which passed by a 109 to 92 vote, seeks to expand background checks on firearms in Pennsylvania and end an exception for private sales of shotguns, sorry, sporting rifles and semi-automatic rifles known as the gun show loophole. A third bill, which failed by a 100 to 101 vote, would have required gun gun owners to report a lost or stolen firearm to police within three days. Repeat offenders would have faced a misdemeanor charge. A fourth measure in the package would require long-barreled firearms to be sold with trigger locks and it did not come up for a vote. The bills that make it through the House must still go through the Republican-controlled Senate, which has historically been protective of gun rights while working with Democrats to boost funding for anti-violence and mental health programs. The measures come as the U.S. is setting a record pace for mass killings in 2023. In Philadelphia, gun violence played a big role in the campaign for mayor, and the city is asking the state's highest court to allow it to impose its own gun control policies. So there's an update on some gun laws, both good and bad, in Pennsylvania. And yeah. Yeah, we'll see where this goes. And also, it's like we just kept a slim majority as a result of a special election. I'm super curious, obviously, in terms of where this lands, but where this will also put Pennsylvania's raid on the gun law, like, what is that called? Report card that Giffords does. Because they have a little report card that they do, and they rank the different states and have different breakdowns of the gun laws, which is actually super helpful. There is stuff about I see where I was like, is this legal? Like, am I seeing something that's legal or no? And I was able to answer that question. So go check that out. Maybe I'll link it in here. It's a Mother Pass newsletter as well. So there you go. Okay, 
last story. And before we get into this, if the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi would like to please get on this podcast, <laughs> we have harassed your PR team or comms Actually team. Actually harassed. To the ends of this earth at this point. So if anyone knows. Yeah. Anyone. Mayor of Jackson, Mississippi. Please tell the man to come on our podcast. We do anything. We have so much to talk about. We have this to talk about. We have water to talk about. We just, yeah, the love of God. But we will give you a quick update on the Mississippi judge story, which I, maybe I gave that like kind of the wrong title. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just going to give the update. You know, enough from the Chicago. So a federal judge on Monday extended his order that temporarily stops the Mississippi Supreme Court Chief Justice from appointing judges in the capital city of Jackson and the county where it's located, both of which are majority Black. U.S. District Judge Henry Wingate, wow, it sounds so British, his new order would last until June 9th, giving t- attorneys time to further develop arguments about citizens' right to elect judges. The civil rights organization, the NAACP, argues that the law passed by the majority white and Republican-controlled state legislature creates unequal treatment for residents of Jackson and Hinds County compared to residents of the rest of the state. The capital city and Hinds County are both majority Black and governed by Democrats. Officials, officials, pushing the new law said during the legislative session that they were trying to curb crime. Opponents said the law stomps on local self-governance. Interesting. The law would expand state policing inside the city of Jackson, create a new court inside part of Jackson with a judge who would be appointed by the Mississippi Chief Justice. It would also allow the chief justice to appoint the judges to work alongside the four elected circuit court judges in Hinds County through 2026. On May 15th, for context here, a state court judge dismissed a similar lawsuit, writing that the appointment of judges does not violate the state constitution. Plaintiffs have appealed that decision to the Mississippi Supreme Court. So this is, I would call this like ping pong. This is civil rights ping pong. Yeah, anti-democracy to be concerned about it's um, a new sport it's really it's up and coming no, this you think paddle whole ball? situation haunts me i'm just like it's beyond this is actually frightening to see something like this even be in the conversation is wild and just yeah, again more creepy. reason we need to talk about jackson everyone needs to talk about jackson there's so much i don't know i just feel like Everything that's gone on in Jackson, again, from this to water to everything, it's just, it's like the epitome of how like Tim Scott thinks that, you know, racism doesn't exist anymore. It's like, go to Jackson, Mississippi, sir. Like, it's absurd. So yeah, we'll keep everyone updated on this 1000% and we will continue to hound. (laughs) The mayor's office to come on our show. I I know clearly they are busy, busy AF, but just it's so crucial that people have a better understanding of what's going on there because there's some scary shit that people should have eyes on. So we'll do our best to Agreed. continue to highlight and get an episode on it for sure. But those are our top stories. And that is our solo episode, you guys thoughts did we do okay like are we well like are we we good kicked off with a banger with those heinous you're so welcome also guys let us know what you would pick i'm curious what your breakdown sound off in the comments yeah we're honestly dms because i had to turn our comments off on two videos because i was getting so many notifications from bots that i was like this is exhausting so just dms Indeed. Well, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with regular programming. That is true. We have a lot of interviews coming up for you guys. Here are a few topics that if you have questions about, let us know. Domestic violence and related laws, West Virginia politics, child marriage, paid leave, Pennsylvania politics at large, campaign management and what that looks like. There's definitely some others, but those are the ones that are coming to mind right now. So let us know if you want to send us an email, info at growingthegov.com. Make your subject line questions for the pod. Great. If you rather DM us, by all means. And while we have you, while your phone is open, most likely, please leave us a rate and review. This really helps us grow the pod and get it in the hands of more people. 
And like we always say, friends do not let friends miss elections, nor do we let them miss civic engagement moments, especially when it's easy, breezy, beautiful to your pods, to your headphones every single week. So get on it. Do us a favor. Do us a solid. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.